Here they come, your Camarda wealth leaders, slashing taxes, dominating risks, relentlessly pursuing profits, protecting your assets, and keeping you in stitches while leading to greater riches. Your Camarda wealth leaders with Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda, Sonia Embraceable U. Elia, Rob Bulmu Shevlin, also known as the financial anesthesiologist, you'll see why, and me, Jeff, I want to be a doctor, Camarda. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER, Camarda Wealth Education Radio. Let's face it, wealth matters to living a longer, better life for you and your family. Our goal is to painlessly educate you with uncommonly shrewd advice to help grow and protect your wealth. And while we aim to keep you laughing all the way to the bank, never imagine we're not dead serious about money. Jonathan Camarda is a certified private wealth advisor, certified financial planner, chartered market technician, chartered financial consultant, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board certified in mutual funds. Jeff is a certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, chartered financial analyst, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board certified mutual funds. He's also an enrolled agent admitted to represent clients with unlimited IRS practice rights, holds a master's of science in financial services, and is a PhD student in the American College's financial and retirement planning doctoral program. Besides being Camarda's chairman and chief investment officer, Jeff is also a working research academic in Wealth Matters. The Camarda team believes deeply in financial education and expertise and is proud to have Dr. Tang Bray as our chief financial analyst, who is also a university professor and working wealth research academic. Camarda Wealth Advisor Group offers private wealth management, including no commission portfolio management through Camarda Financial Advisors and other financial services as described in our boring end of the show disclosure. Folks, welcome back to yet another edition of Camarda's Wealth Education Radio. You're here with me, Jeff. I want to be a doctor, Camarda. Sonia, embraceable you. Hello. Elia, Rob Bulmo Shevlin, also known as the financial anesthesiologist. And Johnny, you ought to have a cough button there. Okay, what are you with your uh, doctor there, Rob? And uh, Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda. Uh, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed last week's edition with Dr. Wade Bow, Princeton, uh, Princeton PhD in economics and professor of retirement income at the American College. If you didn't, if you missed that show, folks, it was uh, um, info packed, uh, and you can go back and listen to it again on uh, wealthleader.org, wealthleader.org, or at camarda.com, C-A-M-A-R-D-A.com. A lot of great information there. You know, but we wanted to focus this week on you know a lot of times we deal with uh, um, the kind of esoteric cases, big numbers, folks that have a lot of money invested. And and if we've given you the impression that we just deal with multi-million dollar accounts, that that simply isn't the case. We have programs uh, for folks just starting out uh, well under $100,000 and uh, up into more more, uh, substantial cases. Uh, We tend to talk about the, uh, uh, the bigger cases because some of the problems are uh, um, the more interesting and complicated there. Uh, but today we're going to focus on basic financial planning that virtually every listener can use. Um, and uh, the, the, there are six generally regarded financial planning knowledge domains. And uh, let's, let's quiz the, the co-host panel. What typically, uh, what disciplines are considered to be financial planning? Let's start with that person breathing breathing heavily into the mic. Rob, what would you say one area? I thought area? that was Sonia. Huh? 
Actually, she's no. We'll uh, we'll save that for during the break. So, uh, what are some of the areas that uh, knowledge domains folks generally consider to, to include uh, to, to to comprise financial planning, Rob? Uh, income tax planning. Tax planning certainly. Income tax planning uh, is a big one. What else? Panel. Investments. Investments, very good. Chartered financial consultant and retirement income uh, credential professional candidate, Sonia. (laughs) How about you, Johnny? Oh, I don't know. Retirement. So retirement planning? Yes. Right? So so far we have investments, taxes, retirement planning. What else? Different elements of insurance planning. Insurance, risk management, and then there's one final one that uh, is uh, typically considered. And what would that be? Anybody remember I like estate planning. You like estate planning. Do I have a confirmation of estate planning? Estate planning on once, estate planning on twice. Estate planning, gone. Yes, it is, in fact, estate planning. And those knowledge domains are really form the, the curricula of the, the Certified Financial Planner um, designation curriculum um, in the Charters Financial Consultant and a lot of the other ones. So we'll talk about them kind of in order. Let's begin with, um, with investments. And uh, a lot of folks are invested either with mutual funds or in their 401ks at work, have IRAs, uh, joint accounts with their spouse perhaps, and they could be at Vanguard or Fidelity or any or, or uh, wirehouses like UBS and Merrill Lynch and, and Wells and so forth. But the, uh, what is the, one of the most important basic tenets of investing that everybody really needs to consider? Well, I think one basic thing that you don't see enough people do is making sure that they say that they take money you know, that they earn and, and make sure they put set that aside first. You know, it shouldn't be an afterthought. The old, the old, an after what? The old, the old pay yourself first uh, um, rule. If they're a rule, okay, yeah, which is really important. You know, in terms of savings and accumulating wealth, you know, there's kind of a perverse law of finance which says that expenses will expand to meet income, right? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that true? You know, if you don't have a set plan for how much you're going to save on a regular diligent basis, at the end of the month, there's more month left than, than money, right? Isn't yeah. that a common lament to folks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have it, you'll spend it, versus if you have it, you should save it and invest it. So for folks just starting out, you know, if we say, gee whiz, uh, you know, I'm 23 years old and just got married and, you know, we are pregnant, to use the vernacular of the day. Um, Congratulations. And, uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Sonny. I see that you're well past those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, um, but uh, say maybe, you know, 300 bucks a month in savings is a struggle, right? And I said, and I used to, you know, when I was, I was first starting out and, and working with younger folks, I said, well, how much could you save on a monthly basis and not miss it? Could you save 500? No, I couldn't save that. Could you save 100? Yeah, that wouldn't be a problem. What about 300? And kind of go back and forth. It's almost like how much of a payment could you make on a car? What can you afford? It's the same mental process you go through, except now, what are you doing? You're not spending the money. You're paying yourself first. And if you treat that savings amount like a payment, it gets done. It's amazing how much wealth you accumulate over time. But if you don't, don't go through that math first, it never happens. And it really is the way, you know, people are, are not really rational creatures, um, as I think has just become clear to economists and other academics, um, that, uh, you know, we kind of put things in mental boxes. And if you don't, some folks think, don't think they can save anything at all because the gee whiz, all the money's gone. Well, don't, yes, you can. You should choice. What are you going to consume that on? Go to the movies, less, whatever. So pay yourself first is an important tenet 
of accumulating wealth. Absolutely, Rob. And, and that's, you know, if you don't do that, you almost never will get anywhere. And it's true in all parts of life. You know, you have to have discipline. And if you don't have discipline, you're not going to have the money that you're going to need in retirement. And speaking as one of the most disciplined fellows that I know, that sage wisdom from the moose. Is that... Uh, <laughs> Is that uh, You're trying to look around yourself? Is that <laughs> is that Spanish moss dangling from your antlers? Right? <laughs> it's fresh. Yeah, so so that's in the trees this morning. A morning run, a gallop, if you will. That's what a gallop. But his galloping days are long gone. They're back, you know, with uh, Sonia's young motherhood days. I'm yeah, afraid. Right. So the uh, four score. Um, the but where I was going with a question, and as we, we knock about a break, is diversification. You know, you have to. One of the basic tenets of investing is you got to spread the money around. You know, and probably a good place to begin that discussion is uh, company stock. We see a lot of folks, some great companies, some not so great, but people tend to have a bias toward investing in their employer's stock, right? And so, why is that a bad idea, panel? Or why typically is that a bad idea if done in an undisciplined, unmoose-like fashion? Well, Anybody I think, know? Come on. Well, got, I, it's never a good idea. You've got put, more letters in this room than the two alphabets, you know? To have uh, too much money in one place, although sometimes that's worked out for people. But, uh, you know, the risk profile of one company can change over the course of its li- that company's lifetime. So say if the, you had BP, right, and you had all of your money invested in BP, and when did the golf incident happen? Probably four years ago, something like that? Something like that. Yeah. All right, so if you had all your money in BP uh, right before that rig exploded, would that have been a bad thing? Absolutely. Why is that? Because the company's stock imploded because okay. of all the financial liabilities they were taking on. It killed all the growth for a while. So let, to say nothing of the marine life in the Gulf. So let's mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, expand that a little bit. You know, did that, what, how much of an impact did that have on other oil companies like Exxon, say? Well, I mean, you know, and Exxon is a good example. They had problems like that themselves with the Exxon Valdez. Yeah, but not four years ago. So my point is most of the other oil stocks did just fine. It might have been some slight you know, impact because they're in the, in the same industry, but most of them chugged right along just fine. The risk and the downside was but was was concentrated um, probably almost exclusively on BP. Would you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. That maybe a few service companies. Yeah. Business risk. Yeah. So the so the point is, come closer to the microphone, Jonathan. Not close to me, just closer to the microphone. Oh, Thank I was you. About to sneeze. <laughs> <Too bad. laughs> turn around. <laughs> Knock it up on the break. So the point is that by diversifying, having your money invest in a lot of different things, if something bad happens to one piece, it doesn't all go down together. That's and true. it's another reason not to invest so much in your uh, um, in your employer stock. And that's because you have a comment. I know that one. You can't buy any stock here, son. I'm sorry that uh, that door's closed. But anyway, what? Tell me, tell me what uh, what you're going to say. I was just going to say to have um, your your retirement income locked up in the same company that you're drawing a current income from. If the tide changes in the company and it goes south, then you lose potentially your monthly income and in your retirement. Yeah, you got all of your financial legs are in the same basket, you know, your investments and your source of income. And if something bad happens, it could drag both down. So as we approach the break, folks, so we're going to continue with basic financial planning stuff that everybody can use. It's time for a fresher. Thanks for tuning in to Camarda Wealth uh, Education uh, Leaders here on Wealth Education Radio. And, of course, our perennial offer uh, we do have a brand new batch of the uh, the third edition just off the press, the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them. News you can use, news you should use. You won't want to miss this read. Very, very quality stuff. 
Give us a call at 800-262-1083. We'll get your very own copy sped to you via U.S. mail or PDF if you prefer email. Uh, again, call us at 800-262-1083. Stay with your Camarda Wealth Leaders for more fascinating details on how to invest and how not to. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. This show is previously recorded. For private or on-air questions or to request free white papers or other educational materials or to schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matter, call us at 888-CAMARDA. Write it down, folks. 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Charlie Alpha, Mike Alpha, Romeo, Delta Alpha, 888-CAMARDA. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies. Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and other ways we can think that you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA, that's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review now. You are back with your Camarda Wealth Latest, continuing the investment discussion. You know, so we've covered pay yourself first, put an amount away uh, on a monthly basis if you're just starting out, whether that's 200 or 2000 it does The amount is irrelevant. It's just the amount that you're able to save, you know, without compromising your lifestyle too much. And uh, almost everybody can squeeze a little bit out uh, more to save. And certainly diversification not just into different types and different company names, but also into different types of stocks, as we have uh, mentioned many times uh, on the air. Uh, lately, uh, believing that U.S. stocks may be uh, quite overvalued, um, and uh, um, then looking at other areas of the world, perhaps European stocks and Asian stocks and uh, microcaps and frontier markets, you know, what's typically referred to as asset allocation, but by diversifying into different types of investments, you reduce the risk of, uh, of, of any one investment dragging your whole portfolio down, because typically the other ones won't go down. And you also increase the odds of getting a winner, right? If uh, you have 10 different kinds of investments and one is really hot, like China's up still something like 40% this year, China's an emerging market, if you have some of your investments in emerging markets, typically they will do better. And the U.S. market... I think the S&P 500, as, uh, as of today, is up like 2%. So China's up like, you know, what is that, uh, 20 times as much. Yeah. Big difference, Rob, big difference. So what are some of the other important uh, things to consider with investments uh, before we move on to other financial planning areas? Any thoughts, guys? How about time diversification? What do you think I mean by time diversification? Anybody? I'm not sure exactly. What Needs for the money. Rob. Yeah, yeah, with that steak next to the microphone is there. Oh, is that where it is? (laughs) All right, so take that manila roll, put it back around your neck, don't cut it on the antlers, and speak, Moose, speak. Well, you know, some people, you know, they get excited by doing trading. They're in and out. You know, you got to have a certain mentality for that. Is that a Clockwork uh, Orange reference? No. Uh, I, I can never sit through that movie. But uh, other, other people, you know, tend to be patient and have a longer-term approach. 
What uh, about when you have to spend the money, though? So if, you're, if I'm investing for retirement 20 years from now, might I do something differently than if I'm expecting to pull money out next year to oh, live yeah. off of? Yeah. So tell, me, so tell me what you, know, what, what you think of from that angle. Well, for example, you may not tie up your money in real estate, which is hard to, to get out, especially if you put it into property as opposed to maybe a real estate investment trust or a real estate company that's publicly traded or a mutual fund that specializes. They're liquid. You can get out very quickly. But if you put your money into a rental property and all of a sudden you need the money, uh, you know, it's going to be harder to extract the capital out. Good point. And what about volatility? You know, if we look at investments in the stock market um, and uh, we invest in something that has a lot of potential volatility and we need the money next year, could that be a problem? Absolutely. You know, if you're expecting to be at one price and all of a sudden uh, it's 20% lower because you didn't have the discipline to maybe put you know, some uh, stop losses in to prevent the downside. This is supposed to be, you know, basic financial oh, planning, okay. right? so, you know, well, sharpen but, that antler on somebody else's boulder, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, how about this, guys? And uh, Jonathan and Sonia, you've, we've all studied this stuff, so, you know, you don't, uh, uh, don't need to, to be wallflowers here, as it were. Uh, but if we're investing in the stock market, you know, and it goes really to our pile and some of the, 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 the risk um, the methods that we use to help people decide what portfolio is best for them, the sooner you need to start, start spending the money, the less volatility you can really stand. Like what Dr. Faust said on the show last week, um, the, with the sequence of return risk, um, if I need to take money out next year and it's in the market and the market goes down 20%, you know, bear market territory, and I got to spend the money, is that a good time to sell those stocks? Yeah, is that an echo I heard? Something whistling. Was that the wind whistling through the cave? Navajo wisdom. Uh, Sounds like Uncle CJ. I don't think uh, so. Uncle Johnny, of course eh, not. I don't think so. So you want you know for near term needs you want to have like our integrated in, integrated income portfolio, which is our most conservative portfolio that we use for a lot of folks that are reti- retirees or they're buying a house in a year. They still want to you know increase their their potential yield a little bit. What did integrated income do last year? Something like 8%, Sonia? That is correct. 8% net of fees yeah. and expenses, which is darn good for a conservative portfolio. But if the market gets slammed, and I don't expect it to, but it could, and you never know, that portfolio should go down a lot less than something that's invested in, in more volatile stocks. Absolutely. So it's a better match for what the spending pattern is. Now, if you're talking to somebody like the 529 case we talked about off the break, uh, the kid is not going to use the money soon. He wants to invest very aggressively, probably won't spend it for 15 years. Should he be in integrated income? No. Where should he be? He should be in something like capital appreciation, which has got a longer-term view and more, uh, more growth-oriented securities. Yeah, but probably more volatility. It's going to bounce more. It's going to bounce up and down and up and down. But the slope of appreciation should be a lot greater than something that's very conservative. That won't, you know, just use money in the bank is the penultimate example, and that's not a good time to do that. But if you put money in the bank right now, you're going to make basically zero, right? Yes. Is it ever going to go down, the, 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 the nominal amount of the dollars ever going to go down? No. No. So there's no, there's no volatility at all, right? It's a flat line. It's a flat line of zero. You're not making anything. But, you know, a, a, the stock market is probably going to bounce up and down and up and down. But the further out in time you go, even if it's down, it should be a lot more money than if it was in the bank. Absolutely. That's the example. All right, so any, any other comments on investments before we move on uh, with uh, our financial planning uh, roundup overview here today? So what shall we talk about next, folks? We have estate planning, income taxes, uh, we have insurance, and retirement planning left. 
I always like talking about taxes. You do? Well, come closer to the microphone, Rob. Closer to the microphone. Don't breathe in it. Don't drool in it. Just speak, you know, forthrightly into it, okay? Well, I think, you know, the first thing is... Give us a good, nice, have, do right speech. If you have enough... If you have enough income that you're making... Who's got a Dudley Do-Right chin in here, okay? Who's got a good radio chin? I thought it was more Kurt Dunn. If you make a, a pretty substantial income, you really need to invest either in yourself or in a tax professional that's very motivated in how to take advantage of every permissible strategy. And even if you don't make a lot of money, for everybody in here you know, can likely benefit from better income tax management. Would you agree? Yeah, the opportunities are going to be different, and the more you make, and if you have a business, you have more opportunities. But even folks at the, the most basic level have some choices they can make to reduce their taxes. Sure. I mean, you know, we have people who, uh, you know, they could put more way into a, a, a retirement plan that has some tax benefits, and they just don't do it. And a lot of folks really don't appreciate this. It boggles my mind. There's, you know, again, the irrationality of, of most humans and just to make the connection between tax savings and more wealth. They kind of think of taxes as a force of the universe. Now, we talked about that, that strategy that one of our CPA partners came up with to save the sales tax on a boat. Astonishing. The difference is $18,000 or $70. What would you rather pay? <laughs> But that's only half the equation. What people don't get is that if you save the eighteen grand, that increases your wealth. It's like saving another eighteen thousand dollars. Getting back to, to pay yourself, boat. getting back to pay yourself first. You know, if you're able to save a couple of hundred bucks a month because of good income tax management, which is in the reach of most people, that adds up to a, a, a moose load of money. As the decades roll by, doesn't it, Rob? Sure. It even goes to the, I think we've talked about a few shows back, that if you were fortunate enough to accumulate a lot of money in a single stock and you have some risk of concentration risk there that you can put that money into exchange funds. Uh, and I think this is too simple for most of our basic listeners, Rob. So let's, you know, let's take another, another tack, because right? I don't want to bore them okay. uh, with, uh, with tax strategies for concentrated positions and collars and so forth. So how about, you know, let's just take another. <laughs> Although your collar is awfully fetching today, Rob. It really is, Rob. <laughs> you know, I love the way it. it, it, it you guys it, are actually matching. Did you plan that? Yeah, I, I, the I love the brothers. <laughs> I, I love the way it ruffles up against the velvet of your antlers. That's a very dashing. You kind of like look like George Clooney if he was a moose. George Balloony. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wouldn't be nice. Be nice. Perhaps that's a voice we'll hear later on. But, you know, getting back to your, your comment about the taxes, I, you know, a, a dollar saved in taxes is a dollar earned, indeed. Who said that? Franklin? Somebody like that? Penny saved is a penny earned? Yep. Somebody who's dead? Huh? Probably, yeah. So don't <laughs> let that happen to you. Spend your money. Pay, that's when, pay that's more when taxes. pennies exist. Pay more taxes, live forever. Uh, but it's a very, very important point is that, you know, what are some basic ideas that almost everybody can save money on taxes in the 30 seconds or less, Rob? Make sure that you're, if your company offers a retirement plan that you're making pre-tax contributions to the plan, especially if your employer matches them. You're getting almost, you could get 100% return on your money for, for, just a, for just a few dollars just to right. start you going. And have all remembering to look at, item, at itemizing. The software will drive it, and you're forced to take the standard deduction if it's higher. But sometimes if your itemized deductions are higher and you don't do the math because it's too much trouble, that mm -hmm. can cost you a couple thousand dollars a year, right? Sure. All right, so folks, stay with you, Camarda Wealth Leaders. Unfortunately, uh, we're running out of time. We'll continue with the uh, financial planning uh, great overview 
um, as the show continues. And again, get your copy of this hot off the press third edition, The Nine Biggest Dangers Facing Today's Investor and How to Avoid Them. And believe me, you want to avoid them. If uh, what happens, if what we think happens, happens, uh, you certainly want to read this first. 800-262-1083. Get your free copy. No cost, no obligation. 800-262-1083. you got to call in the next half hour. See you in a bit. Thanks. You're listening to the Camarda Brothers plus the Antlin' Rob on WER Wealth Education Radio. Better planning, better wealth, better wealth, better life. Tell your friends about the Camarda Wealth Ladies right here on this station. This show is recorded, but you have questions to be answered privately or on the air if you wish or want free reports or other educational materials. Uh, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A.